Hello, everybody, and welcome. That was a little hello, Dr. Nick. You're saying more like Dr. Nick. <laughs> I think. Um, welcome to the Weird World Podcast. We're the Weird World Podcasters. My name's Carrie. I'm Aaron. I'm Dean. I'm Jack. Hi. Hi. Dean's going to tell us something weird. Yes. Hopefully. I think so. Certainly strange. I call them strange criminal coincidences. And I want you guys to be able to say that fast, seven or six or seven times. They will leave you (laughs) baffled and perhaps a little scared. Actually, they're not going to leave you scared unless you're like a total wuss. But they, I think well, they'll be baff- baffled. Yeah, I don't know why you'd be scared. They all happened a long time ago. So. <laughs> well, not that long. Some of them were fairly recent. Anyway, so let's start off. These are several tales that all have something in common. That is, they're involve crime. Whoa. And they involve some pretty weird coincidences. And they okay? were told mm. by you. That's the other thing they have in common, mm-hmm. yes, in, in a little while anyway. So, this first one I call 17 Years Apart. I don't know why. <laughs> that was very Keith Morrison. It was a little bit, a little Keith Morrison y. Celeste Nurse. She gives birth to a little daughter named Zephanie Nurse. It's a cool Cute name. name. I like that name. She is in South Africa. This is 1997. Zephanie, sadly, though, was abducted in the hospital by a woman who disguised herself as a nurse. That's not the weird part, by the way. Yeah, that, that, we already have coincidence number one. We do. We do. Although that's kind of, if you're going to abduct, abduct, abduct a baby in, in a hospital, that's a pretty good disguise. So fast forward now, 17 plus years. Okay. Celeste has had three more kids. Her daughter, Cassidy, starts high school and meets a girl who looks a lot like <gasps> her. They seem to have so much in common. And very soon, they're best BFFs. friends. BFFs. Yep. You know this guy? I think you Well, do. yeah. <laughs> Cassidy brings her new friend home and her father, Morn Nurse. Very cool name. Morn, M O U R N? M O R N E. Oh. I'm assuming it's Morn. Huh. Morny? Mornay. Mornay. Uh, he thinks that the similarities are amazing between his daughter and this, this new friend. Wait, and, he's aware he had a child abducted, right? Yes, he is. Okay. <laughs> Still, she brings... Just yeah, checking. Is that, you, is that your first thought? Hey, look at my new friend. Oh my God, is that my 17-year missing daughter? No, Carrie, that's, you don't go there first. Well, I just want to make sure he's the original husband. Yeah, I okay. think so. He thinks, so he thinks the similarities are amazing. In fact, a little too amazing. So mm-hmm. he becomes suspicious and he contacts the police. Apparently they run DNA test on someone's whim are our word well, there in South Africa because they actually ran DNA yeah. test and they found that yes indeed as you have all guessed by now Zephanie was indeed their daughter she had been raised to the age of 17 by her kidnappers <gasps> who she thought to that day were her natural parents yeah. and they had been living that entire time just a few miles away from the nurse family well that's a dumb kidnapper extremely yeah. dumb kidnapper Wow. Yeah. Step one, take baby. Step two, leave. <laughs> Skedaddle. Don't stay in area. Oh, yeah. I forgot to check that one. Damn it, I knew it. I lost my list. I'm sorry. So that's the first one. Just a little wet your wet whistle there a little bit. <laughs> wet your whistle. <laughs> Not that funny. A little bit. 
I was going to say wet your appetite, which I didn't <laughs> Wet your wet whistle. Wet your apple whistle. I heard wet your wet whistle. Is that what I said? Uh-huh. Yes. Wet okay. your wet. wet. <laughs> well, I want to make sure your whistle's wet and then you can wet it again. <laughs> and I, okay, that's how the saying goes. Wet your wet whistle. Uh-huh. Hey, wet your whistle. Wet, wet, wet. Never mind. <laughs> so I call this next one the just-in-time murder quotation marks. I'm doing the air quotes. You people can't see me. Mm-hmm. These bastards can. What do you so, mean, you people? Ah, uh, that's a good one. So Calvin Jones was apparently the kind of guy who carried a piece of rubber hose in his car with him whenever he went driving. Why? Because when he and his girlfriend, Sarah Tolbert, got into an argument as they were driving around the streets of Philadelphia in 1964, he pulled over, took out his rubber hose, which was apparently right there next to him, and proceeded to beat her? her senseless. Wow. He struck her 15 times viciously. With this piece of rubber hose. That's mean. Yeah. No, he's I not. I just remember rubber hose from Welcome Back, Cotter. Up your what? nose with a rubber hose. Yeah, that's, that's what you remember it from. Yeah. Okay. Rubber hoses I don't, are, I don't know what it meant. I, I think of rubber hoses as the old-timey uh, cop-beating suspect kind of a thing. They, rubber hoses. I guess hose? it didn't leave marks like as much as a fist would do or something like that. Oh. I, think. I think that's the uh, idea. Okay. So, Sarah. Good to know. Good to know. Why is it good to know, Terry? I don't know. That, okay. <laughs> now you make me nervous. I know I'm not going on that walk by the cliff with you. So, uh, that's out. Sarah clung to life, though, motionless in the car as Calvin drove around Philadelphia for hours trying to figure out what he should do. <laughs> Finally, she died Uh-oh. in the car. Now, Calvin. He's a little nervous at this point. He's got a dead body in the car with him. He had beaten her. He also had a previous prison term for trying to poison his wife a few years ago. Jeez. So despite this, Calvin, as a master criminal, decides to go to police and confess to killing Sarah. You'll find her in the car. I beat her with a rubber hose. Luckily... And we're going to have a little theme of luck here. Because Calvin is an extraordinarily lucky, air quote, murderer. Because the state could not, in the end, charge him with the murder of Sarah Tolbert. What? She wasn't really dead. That's a good I'm guess. Guessing. That's a good guess, Jack. That'd be a good one. I don't, know why. I don't have any guesses. His car was stolen. Uh, why would that mean he can Because there's no body. So uh, they stole guess. the car with the body that's in it. That's another good guess. No, it's even weirder. According to the coroner, Sarah Tolbert was already barely clinging to life when Calvin took the hose to her. She had, un- apparently unknown to her, or I don't know, sickle cell anemia. It's a very rare blood disease that is usually fatal. In her case, two different medical examiners testified that she had maybe hours to live on that day before she would naturally succumb to the disease. I know what you're thinking. So they, they declare that she died of natural causes and not necessarily the beating at the hands of Calvin Jones. If she had hours to live, he killed her hours before she would have died. Yeah. Could not they don't know that. Preaching to the choir. That's dumb. The most baffling thing about this case is that that happened. It's surprising. In Philadelphia in the 60s? In 64, yeah. That's surprising. That's shocking. I'm shocked. 
that uh, that was the determination. So what? So what? I mean, try. You yeah. can still try him. Apparently, I don't know if they. Who knows? That's. I mean, he did plead down to aggravated assault and battery, but he, I'm sure, spent far far less time in jail than he would have that's, for murder. That's them because those nurses that you know kill old like patients that you know yeah. they say I'm putting them out of their misery because you know they're dying anyway. Couldn't they just say, oh well? He had days to live. Yeah. He was on his deathbed. I don't know. And how are they really Stupid. able? I, I almost am a little suspicious about this. Yeah. It's, it's in multiple sources, but then it's so what? Yeah, I'm really suspicious of this one, Somebody lies once, too. and it's in multiple sources yeah. soon thereafter. I'm not 100%. I, I don't know. Also, assisted suicide being illegal. Yeah, yeah. Until recently in a lot of places. Why? Yeah. If the person's terminal and dying. It does seem Right? Odd. They're dying anyway. I mean, I didn't, you know, go check. Yeah. Philadelphia. Criminal records from 1964 to see if this really happened or not, but I'm Snopes. a little suspicious. Oh, I should have snoped. I don't know if I snuffed it. I don't yeah. think I did. So, lucky Calvin Jones. If indeed this was true, very lucky Calvin Jones. But our next tale is about the unlucky Palmer brothers. The place is Wasilla, Alaska. Oh. Home to? The Palins. The Palins. The terrible, terrible family of hypocrites and thugs. The well, well, come on. They beat up people at weddings, and you know, shoot things, shoot things, and family values and premarital pregnancy. So, it was in 1999. Wasilla was also home to the Palmer family. Not the Palmer from Twin Peaks. Different Palmer family than that. <laughs> it was then that 15-year-old Michael Palmer, he was the youngest of three brothers, left home to go with three three friends to a graduation party. This on the night of June 4th. Late that night, the party ends. Michael and the friends start on their bikes. They're 15. They get on their bikes and they start home. It's dark. It's late. Michael, however, cannot keep up. He's a slow punk. pussy. Mm. Oh, that's this. You're going to feel bad in about one second. <laughs> Michael lagged so far back, the others soon lost sight of him. That's not good friends. True. It's not good friends. Buddy system. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? No, they didn't believe in that then because those three friends and everyone else would never see Michael Palmer again. He did not return home that night. Later, they were searching a little place. They found Michael's bike. They discovered that in the little Susitna River. And then uh, still later, or, or at least I guess soon thereafter, they found his his muddy, wet tennis shoes about 600 feet away, 600 feet away from the bike on the banks of the river. It's about 180 meters, by the way, for our European, Asian, African, <laughs> Australian, Canadian, and South American listeners. Antarctican. Uh, Antarctica, too. <laughs> Even though authorities dragged the, the river, they never found Michael Palmer. Never found his body, never found the sight of him, ever. Okie dokie. Now, we fast forward again 11 years, April 13th, 2010. 30-year-old Chucky Palmer. Who's he, you ask? He is Michael's older brother. Boy. He was staying with some friends and family at a cabin in the Talkeetna Mountains. It's north of Anchorage, which is north of Wasilla. Wasilla is north of Anchorage, and the Talkeetna Mountains are north of Wasilla. Okay, with me so far? Uh-huh. For our listeners there, that's Anchorage, the largest city in Alaska, south central Alaska on the coast. 
Just what? follow up north a little bit, and you'll find Talkeetna eventually. Okay. <laughs> On your Google Maps or, or Google Earth, your choice. So, Chucky and some others decide, you know what? Let's go for a nighttime snowmobile ride. Turns out not to be a good call. Uh. The same way, this the same. So the same way Michael and his friends had gone off on bikes, Chucky and his friends go off on snowmobiles. Chucky can't keep up. Chucky, just like Michael, could not keep up with his friends. <gasps> Those Palmer boys. Yeah, it's a little bit slow. They, he got separated from the group. And soon, out of sight completely. And this is <gasps> nighttime in the woods in Alaska, for God's sake. Ugh. And like Michael, the family and friends could find no sign of Chucky. I in thought the- he was going to find his brother. This is worse. Oh, that'd be, that'd be, I, I, I don't know how that would happen. Now, that would be an amazing coincidence. I know. This is like 100 miles away. It's like 70 miles away, something like that. That would be strange. So now they don't find Chucky, but they do find his snowmobile in the same way they found Michael's bicycle. But like Michael, they don't find Chucky's body. In fact, they never find Chucky's body. In fact, they didn't even see, and this is kind of weird to me, footprints leaving the snowmobile. Well, snowfall. I, 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 I guess, but I think he was... Did they find the snowmobile fairly quickly? I think so. The way I read it, like even the next day, it seemed like it was pretty quick. They found the snowmobile. Bear attack. Ooh, they wouldn't notice the bear paw prints or the blood. They would just see the snowmobile. Mm. Maybe, maybe. Well, maybe it grabbed him by his his very thick jacket. Yeah, yeah. So there was no blood, and took him to his bear lair. Oh, and did what? Eat him. Oh, or or it could have been what, Aaron? Aliens? No. (laughs) Radioactive yeti? Yes, a radioactive yeti. Probably because the radioactivity allows it to fly. I'm assuming superpowers, and so it could fly, grab him from the top, fly away, eat him. Mm-hmm. Or just drop him, just messing with him. Just drop him in a lake. No, no, yeah. Maybe something going out there. Nah. Anyway, again, like Michael, Chucky Palmer was never seen. Wow. Again. Poor parents. Did they have any other kids? They had an older brother, and yeah, he had to go through the same situation uh. of a missing brother, a search for him. They find stuff, and then they, but they never find the body. Yeah. I don't know if the parents are still alive. I, I, I don't know if they were or not by 2010. I like to call this next story... And I like to call it, since just earlier today, <laughs> the unluckiest nurse ever. And it's the last one about luck, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, Lucia de Burke. She was, she was a nurse in the Netherlands in 2001. Shout out to our Dutch listeners. Yeah. Well, hi. That's, that's, I think that's you didn't look up how to say hi I in Dutch? Not. I didn't do that. Hey. Hey. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Uh, in um, I don't do accents. It's yeah. literally just H E J. Really? H E J. Yeah. Hedge. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. 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 Oh my God. In Denmark. In Denmark, because... hi hi means bye bye. Does it? Uh-huh. Now that it's trying to confuse us. So Lucia liked kids. Or at least I'm guessing that because she was a pediatric nurse. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, could just be a job. <laughs> could be. Could be. But I'm going to assume she liked kids. She worked at three different hospitals during this period in The Hague, Netherlands. As we know, the city that is likes itself so much, it has a the before the name of the city. I don't know why it's just not Hague. It's The Hague. Well. Really? Name another city. The Sacramento. Los the Angeles. Ooh. The Angels. 
That's official name, Carrie, is Ciudad de Los Angeles, City of the Angels, not the Angeles. No, we call Carrie, that. no, but that's the Los official Angeles. name. Las Carrie. Vegas. What about all the other yep. Las? Are they that's all also, Ciudad de Las yes, Vegas? Yes, I'm assuming they are. <laughs> we don't believe you. <laughs> Maybe not. Las Cruces, New Mexico? Big people. She got she suck. You. Well, then why don't we call it the Big the Apple? Dutch- <laughs> no, 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 no. Leave the Hague alone, is what we're saying. Yeah. Okay, okay. Skip you know what? Apologies to the Hague. I feel bad now. Sorry, Heg. So, on September 4th, 2001, DeBurke was working at Juliana Children's Hospital there in The Hague when an infant girl died. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded like it really is. I'm sure you were saddened, but it didn't didn't give that that connotation, that that vibe. That's rude. Try it again. Oh, no. That's even worse. (laughs) This was, and this, by the way, was not the first time that Lucia de Burke had had a child die on her watch. Well, no kidding. Well, okay. <laughs> everybody babies be works, dying all the time. Everybody who works in a hospital—that's where people go and yeah, they die. If they're a pediatric nurse too. Because, okay, so Carrie's gonna have a T-shirt saying "Babies always be dying." <laughs> uh-huh. All right, good in the hospital. Uh huh. Okay, okay. <laughs> Babies always be dying on the front. In the back, it says "In the uh-huh. hospital." Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, her coworkers had noticed a pattern, though. Mm-hmm. Whenever a child died or almost died and had to be resuscitated, it seemed at these three hospitals in the Hague where Lucia worked, it seemed that Lucia was. Always on call and on the premises. Always. Mm-hmm. Warren's investigation. Was this more than coincidence, they wondered. So they took it to the police in The Hague, which I believe would be called the police. I have no idea if that's true. I'm guessing. The investiga- And they investigated. What? You don't I don't think so. You don't think it's called the police? Okay, fine, whatever. The investigation that followed found that it was... What do you think? Coincidence or not? Coincidence. Do you think it's coincidence? Yeah. Aaron? Well, the theme of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Talking like that. So you think it's coincidence, Jack? Yeah. Boy, you know. What do you think it is? Boy. Just say. <laughs> yes. Boy. Uh, no. Great. No. The police determined it was not a coincidence. In fact. It could be wrong. It was murder. She was a serial child killer. The expert that they had give evidence about this, about the probability, said that it was a 1 in 342 million chance that this pattern could have been by chance. Really? That's what, they, that's what he said. Why? You sound skeptical? Well, I'm not sure they really know how to calculate those statistics. Mom. Yeah, they can. You know, the different <laughs> variables. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of you are convincing. Uh, and <laughs> here's the thing: on that alone, because there was no physical evidence whatsoever that DeBurke was a child killer, they convicted Lucia and the, and she was sentenced to life in prison. Yeah, that's BS. You can call that BS. Yeah. Okay, Aaron, you call him BS. Well, yeah, I like a little bit more evidence. Yeah, you have to have some sort of direct yeah. evidence. Because, like, what if? Yeah, what if it is? That's crazy chance. That's yeah. a twinkling. But what but if she's crazy like, shit happens? Jack, you calling you calling bullshit on this one? Kind of. I don't kind know of. yet. I need more info. Well, here's the thing. 
You're right, Carrie. Probability is a fickle thing. Yeah. It's actually, it's pretty hard to grasp. It's not always intuitive. I mean, I'm not just th- like in the coin flip sense. You know how in that sense, people are just dumb. People don't understand probability on, on a very basic general level. Like People are dumb. You know. Uh, each if, coin flip if, is if you, a 50 Each coin flip is either has or tails, a 50-50 yeah. chance. Most people think that, oh, if, if we'll tell you, if, if the... Coin has come up, the flip has come up three times in a row heads. What are the odds that it'll be heads or tails? They'll think it's more likely to be tails. Yeah. Because the odds have to even out, which they do, but it's the Not that in next four that flips. fourth flip yeah. is exactly 50 50. And that'd be the same if there was 50 heads in a row. Yeah. So, but it's actually pretty complicated even for so called experts. It's, and it's easy to screw up. So you got to be careful when you're calculating probability. Yeah. In this case, it was a law professor who had been the quote expert who had done the calculations, not a statistician. And he, that's the guy who came up with the one in $322 million calculation. He had screwed it up horribly. <laughs> million dollar calculation? Did I say that? <laughs> yeah. One in $342 million calculation, right? Yeah, but see, also it doesn't matter if, if there's a chance. I know, but Carrie. She could okay. be the one. No, that's, that's, that's a ridiculous statement. Why? If that's true, no DNA evidence is ever good enough because DNA evidence is still one in something. So now, one, if it was really wow. one in three point two million dollar chance, that is overwhelming. Why did you say dollars? I don't, care. <laughs> dollars? I don't know. If it was really a one in three forty two million chance, that would be over. Yeah, I need to see his math. He needs to show his work. He didn't show his work because they, uh, on appeal, her lawyers brought in a more qualified expert, and he said, "Yeah, it was weird that Lucia seemed to always be around when a child died where she worked." It wasn't all that weird. He recalculated the odds at one in forty-eight. Oh. Period. Yeah. Not one in three forty-two. Now that is definitely. But a also, chance. like Aaron Not said, one in three forty-two. But like Aaron said, what are the other variables? Million. Maybe she was yes. super caring, and when yeah. babies were, you know, near yeah, death, it's a tough one. She was there, you know, ministering to them. Bitch. Or what if she I worked more that. than everyone else? Yeah. Yeah. What if she literally was just there? I'm the sure. Most? Yeah. I'm sure the first guy had tried to take. Uh, theoretically, would have tried I, to take. I'm those not things. sure because the odds drastically changed with yeah. somebody he else. Did. It sounded like he knew how. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like that one guy. Was it cool there? Where the, 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 oh. the so-called <laughs> the so-called about. expert? Yeah. I can't remember what it was about. It was. Some, I don't either. Uh, and he and he was like a, a a biology teacher or something like that. He was the expert for some. Ultra conservative group. And he of goes, course. yeah, it's it's a 50 50 chance that something happened. He goes, well, how do you calculate that? Because either it did happen or it didn't. 50 <laughs> 50. Okay, dick shit. Um, so a new trial absolved Lucia and she walked out of prison a free woman in April of 2010. When was she convicted? Uh, her, the crime was 2001. I don't wow. know exactly how long the trial took, but still, she was in jail for many years. I hope she got a settlement. I'm sure she did. The next story we bring you is, I like to call, Brighton has too many trunk killers. <laughs> <laughs> and you can spell two either way. Or one of two ways. <laughs> <laughs> two of the three ways, okay? So Brighton is a coastal city in England, just for you folks who don't know much about Brighton, like me, that has long been a major tourist destination. I'm going to assume that it's very beautiful, white sand beaches and warm blue water. Mm-hmm. I'm probably wrong. Mm-hmm. Probably wrong about both those things. Yeah, wrong. You use needles on pebble beaches <laughs> <laughs> and freezing cold brown water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, probably more likely. In 1927, the dismembered body of Minnie Boniati was found left in a trunk 
at Charing Cross Station in London. What does that have to do with Brighton, you ask? Nothing. But I swear to God, this is, I, I say this because it's very annoying. Multiple sources mentioned this case in 1927 in context of the Brighton trunk murders that would happen seven years later. The only thing I can determine that it has anything, the murder wasn't for Brighton. They didn't go back to Brighton and get him. He had nothing, nothing to do with Brighton, whatever. It was found in London. The murderer was tried, convicted, had nothing to do with Brighton. The only thing I can think of that they attach it, and they don't even explain why. It's just like, this happened, and then seven years later, blah, 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 what I'm about to read to you happened. Yeah. So fucking annoying. People on the internet are so dumb. Somebody connected it somehow, apparently because it involved a trunk. And so all these sources how just far, how, stupidly uh, connected again with this case. Did you tell us how far Brighton is from London? Far. Okay. I didn't, but plenty far. It has nothing <laughs> okay. to do with London whatsoever. The only thing is a trunk, and it's found in a train station. But w- otherwise, there's no reason to, to lob it in with the Brighton trunk huh. of, of seven years ago. So I just had to, uh, I wanted to make that clear that I'm very annoyed with you, Internet, and all you dumbass people who just stupidly, think thoughtlessly continue to tell the same story. I am not going to do it. But you just but did. You, I know I did, but I did it to teach a lesson. <laughs> so anyway, so seven years later, June 17th, 1934, rail workers in at the Brighton Railway Station, they smelled something funny. Icky. In the unclaimed baggage check air. They s- used their noses and they traced it to a trunk. Left in the unclaimed baggage area. That's Russian roulette. Yeah. No, he lost. That's Russian roulette with six bullets in the gun. They opened the trunk and they indeed found the dismembered torso of a woman. Oh. Luckily, though, just the torso, right? That's all it was. Luckily, though, the very next day, work other workers at a different railway station in Brighton found another foul-smelling trunk. Uh, they popped that open, and guess what they found? Arms and legs. Just legs. Uh, but we're getting there, people. Unfortunately, that's about all the form they got. They never <laughs> found the arms. They never found the head. They could uh, tell the woman was five months pregnant. Uh, but otherwise, which almost certainly had something to do with her, her death. I, I, am, yeah. I mean, do the math. Uh, but What? What? Well, I'll think about it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, but give you no other reason yeah. or evidence. You don't think that a, a five-month-old uh, murdered woman, a five-month-pregnant murdered woman, I will it's guarantee It's a strong possibility, but it's not. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a flat-out lock guarantee. Okay? Great. What's the well, probability you know. that a woman would be pregnant? I think the probability is, I don't know. I think it's 1 in 48. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's 1 in 342 million. Because, you know, sometimes... Dollars. People just happen to be pregnant when they get murdered. That's true. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, but I'll that's probably right. more common than that Agreed. she was murdered because she was pregnant. I disagree. Or she was murdered. Why? Well, you don't know that. I'm, I'm, why do you Carrie, think? one in three hundred forty-two million <laughs> dollars. Okay. Four dollars. Okay, I haven't sent dollars two times as you guys have, so I think it's your problem now, man. Anyway, they never they they didn't have the head or the hands for fingerprints, presumably, so they never identified this person. To this day, the victim and her murderer remain unidentified Hmm. but during the investigation of this trunk murder the police went on like a door-to-door search in the area right it's like hello we're here to search your flat and apparently tony mancini said sure come search my flat when they came knocking i don't know if they i honestly i don't know if they got a uh, a warrant for that or not and by the way this is this is called the, the brighton beach trunk murders we'll probably we might do this 
because it's an amazing story. So we might do this whole, I'm just giving you a, a little taste here, but we'll probably do an episode on this. Okay. So when they were checking Tony Mancini's flat, they found, you guessed it, another trunk. I in his bedroom, I believe under his bed. And in that was the decomposing body of sex worker Violet K. K had been missing since May. That's not the coincidence that her name was. <laughs> no. At that time, her boyfriend, Tony Mancini, who she lived, I guess, off and on in the, in the flat with, had told her friends, who had like, what happened to Violet? That's the accent they did back then. Uh-huh. He said she'd gone off to Paris. And this is going to go to Paris and stay there. So don't worry. Don't look for her to come back. Stop looking for her. Please leave me alone. And apparently those friends had um, believed him. And apparently, and, and so did the jury also believe Mancini when he claimed that back in May, he had come back to the flat he shared with Violet Kay. And he found her there, murdered, yes, but not by him. Someone else had murdered her at the flat. So he just popped her in a trunk and stuck her in the bed? Yes, yes, okay. but with an explanation. Makes sense. He was Mancini was a bit of an unsavory character. I think it's kind of a low level level crime kind of guy, right? So he thought the police, hey, they're gonna pin this murder on me for sure. I'm kind of a punk. Uh if I'm found with with my girlfriend murdered in my flat, I'm toast, right? So he thought, oh, I'll just go ahead and dismember her so I can stuff her body into a trunk and I'll keep her here with me for two months. Wow. As it gets more and more increasingly malodorous. Ew. Yeah. That must have been. I think it was horrific. In fact, I think that's, I, 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 again, we'll, we'll tell the whole story. I've read about it in the past, but I, the smell had something to do with yeah. it. It was horrific. He's yeah. using a lot of cologne. A lot of cologne. A lot of cologne. He like, just would spray axe spray, body spray over it every couple of days. Mm-hmm. So Mancini was indeed acquitted. That's justice, wow. don't you think? No. We're not buying it. Okay, Jack and CD, guilty or, or, or innocent. Go. Great. Great. Yes. Not an answer. Yes, what? Guilty. Okay, guilty. Very guilty. He's guilty of making corpse soup in like a trunk. So. How about murder? We'll eat that too. So he should be at least, they should have at least prosecuted him for that. Is, he, that, is that a crime? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hiding a body like that. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't. And he was acquitted of murder. And so in 1976, over 40 years later, Tony Mancini can talk to the newspapers and gladly tell them and confess to the murder of Violet Kay back in 1934. And he cannot be convicted or not be retried. Double jeopardy. Apparently it's in England and everything Is I read. It? Everything I read said he cannot be retried. And he, didn't we just talk about yeah. how they didn't We did just talk about that not long ago. And a Apparently, that is also law in England. I mean, I know it's not, they don't have a yeah, constitution we like we do. It it's common law. They don't have it. They don't have it anymore, I think. Oh, really? They yeah. used to have it. Well, they in 1976, they did. And I so he could, he could mm. just gleefully yeah. go on to this sack of shit. So regardless, though, back in 1934, Brighton had two different people murdering women, dismembering them, and stuffing them in trunks. That's why I say Brighton had too many truck mur- trunk murderers. <laughs> Two more. The murders of Mary Morris is what I call this little 
Ditty. That sounds familiar. Did it? Does it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. October 12th, 2000, Houston, Texas. Set the stage here. 48-year-old Mary Henderson, Henderson Morris, keep in mind that full name, she left home. Wait, can I interrupt you? Go ahead. Before you start doing that. Okay. Uh, Too late, but go ahead. Yeah, they uh, UK banned the double jeopardy thing in um, I think two thousand something. Something okay, good. Two thousand five, okay, or something like that. Yeah, that is a pretty ridiculous. So yeah, it's obnoxious. I mean, I know it was intended to stop the state from abusing their power and trying someone over and over. Yeah, again, that's obvious. But but, the law but should, there are instances just, where somebody's yeah. acquitted and then they new find new evidence. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's what we talked about. If, if it there's is. new evidence, it should yeah. be the same way to get a, a, a retrial trial yeah. for the defense. If there's new, substantial new evidence, blah, 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 it should be the same for the prosecution. It's, it's obnoxious. So yeah, Tony Mancini would have, at least would have, he, they could have tried him again if they ever found new evidence and he wouldn't be able to go on, you know, make an ass of himself and, Smugly talk about how he murdered by the K forty years ago. Okay, yeah, you all, you all done. That's good news. I think we should um, do the same thing. Here. I agree, but it would take a constitutional amendment in our case. <laughs> oh so, dang! Yeah. Again, now we're going to talk about the murders of Mary Morris. Okay. Yep. Not going to start over. Houston, Texas, October 12, forty-eight year old Morris. Mary Henderson Morris leaves home. And she's very much alive when she leaves home that day. (laughs) People usually are. Yeah. Yep, they are. That night, though, she'd be found very much dead Mm. inside her burned out car in a remote part of the city. You know about this? Yes, I do. Are we going to do a whole one on this? You still can. I'm just a little tasty, tasty. I'm not. Her wedding ring was missing. People found that odd because she was considered a very loyal and, and a great wife and mother, super nice. No one who would want Mary Henderson Morris dead. The person who stole her wedding ring. Really? That's why they they killed her and torched her car for a wedding I don't ring. Know. It's a very nice wedding ring, I'm sure, but probably not. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess no. I'm gonna guess there's a one in three hundred forty-two million chance against <laughs> that being true. Okay. 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 So there's nothing strange here, right? Until. Three days later. At that time, another woman was found in the same area, also dead, also inside her car. This victim was different, though, because she had been shot with her own gun. Remember, this is Texas, so everybody's got them. Mm -hmm. The police surmise that they think the killer had tried to make it look like a suicide. And, in fact... It was murder. Her name, you ask? What do you think her name is? Well, I know what her name is. Mary McGinnis Morris. Morris. Police traced her phone records on her cell phone there, and they found that Mary McGinnis Morris had made a desperate 9-11 call during her attack. They also saw saw that, that another call that they thought was very odd on her phone records. This one had come from her husband, Mike, to her phone two hours after she'd made that first frantic phone call to 9-11. Okay? Mm-hmm. What? To 9-11? Yeah. 9-1-1. Never forget. 9-1-1. calls it 9-11? Oh, I just did. Me now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is it one in three and four two million chance? That I call it that. 9-1-1. So, uh, Mike, however, husband Mike, had, yes, he did have a large life insurance policy Mm. on wife Mary, 
But he also had an alibi. So what's the natural suspicion in those cases? He He hired hired somebody. Hired a hitman. Did Mike hire someone to kill his wife? That's what the police thought. And maybe that was Mike calling two hours later to see if the hitman had indeed fulfilled his contract. That was the, the thinking anyway, right? Maybe that's what happened, the police thought. And so they looked back at it and they thought, hmm, also maybe this whole, remember that, that murder three days ago? Mary Henderson Morris and her missing wedding ring, right? What if that hired killer who was hired by Mike Morris to kill Mary McGinnis Morris had got it wrong and he had instead tracked Mary Henderson Morris, killed her, torched her car, took the wedding ring though as proof of contract. Right. That's what they thought. And then three days later, made up for it by killing the right (sighs) Mary McGinnis Morris with the large life insurance policy by her husband over her head. So it was it was a, weir- a really weird coincidence that two Mary Morrises were killed in the same place three days apart? We don't know, and we'll never know. The police are not absolutely not sure to this day. In fact, I guess a lot some of the police think that maybe it was just a weird coincidence. Regardless, Mike and the killer or killers are not talking. Well, were they ever? Was he ever prosecuted? He was not for that. No, no, wow. he was not. Mike, you mean? Yeah, husband. husband. No. no, he was not. He was not. Wow. I don't. I, I, you know, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I for. Uh, for Mary McGinnis's his wife's for his murder. wife's yes. murder, okay, but not for Mary Henderson Morris. They think they're they're now thinking that that was just a weird coincidence. Not really a lousy hitman. Yeah, no, I I don't know why. I, from what I read, again, I haven't delved in this too much. We can do that if we want to do another one on this. We could because it's an interesting <laughs> case as well. But um, yeah, that does seem that story is so plausible. Yeah, and the Mary Henderson Morris murder is so inexplicable otherwise. Right. That I I wouldn't you know discard that theory at all. Sounds Me like a neither. Sitcom. A sitcom. Like a plot line of like Archer. Archer, yes. But that's a very twisted. Sitcom. Sitcom, yeah. 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 That Friends sitcom. episode was wild. <laughs> the two Matthews were murdered. So I said, Matthew, why you ask? Because I read it right here in my notes. Because the next story on our last story is called Liquid Matthew. Oh, no. Why do you People say that? People aren't supposed to be liquid. <laughs> so, Florida. Oh, no. Are, of course. Or Florida, if you are a, a rapper. Florida always seems oh my to... God. What? You don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> it's Florida, I think. Florida. Florida. How many times have I explained this to you? I've always pronounced it Florida. <laughs> like it's a fucking potato brand. <laughs> yes, it's Florida and Idaho. Potatoes are grown in Florida. It's an orange slash potato company. That <laughs> orange has, potato. Yes, it has. That's orange potato. They have holdings in Florida and Idaho. That's a yam. Idaho. So yeah, it's a yeah. Okay, it's a yam company. <laughs> Florida always seems to have its share of strange murders, right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of known for it, isn't it? And fucking Florida, rightly so. So it wasn't too strange that. An unidentified Latino male was found dead in Hialeah on December 6th, 1983. That's not strange at all. Again, it's Florida. I think you can find dead Latino males in Florida pretty much every day. Oh my God. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> you guys both sound. No, I mean, it's just, it's a large Latino population. Florida has lots of murders. And a lot of guns. Yeah. And a lot of guns, a lot of murders, a lot of drugs, all that kind of stuff. So, you know. 
But not, so nothing weird about that. But that was before the police found that note right next, right near the body. What note you're asking? Taped behind a no dumping sign was a plastic baggie with a cryptic note inside it. And it was, again, sort of just taped to the back of that sign. So it wasn't obvious to anybody, but if you're kind of looking for it, you'd see it. The missive seemed to be a chilling poem. I quote from it now. Now the motive is clear and the victim is too. You've got all the answers. Just follow the clues. God, <laughs> I hate it already. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so the police are thinking, okay, there's a killer messing with the police here who murdered this guy found right next to this poem, this terrible, terrible poem. <laughs> also, poem. well, it's not even an Wait, say it again. Say not it again. A haiku. No, no, the motive is clear and the victim is too. Okay. You've got all the answers. Just follow the clues. Okay. So Clue, two, clues and two. Eh, close enough. Mm. There was also a riddle in that note. And this led police to a second location where they found another note taped behind a speed limit sign. Again, it's behind the sign. If you're looking for it, you'll find it. But if you're not, you won't see it. This one said, and I'll quote again, Yes, Matthew is dead, but his body not felt. Those brains were not mat because his body did melt. For Billy threw Matthew in some hot boiling oil to confuse the police for the mystery they did toil. <laughs> terrible poetry what the again. Fuck? Terrible, terrible, terrible poetry. But it seems like, okay, there's a psychotic killer out there leaving really bad poems about his deeds to taunt the police, and he's taping them. You know, again, he tapes the first one near the body of his victim. In that note, he leads them to a second location where he has some more clues, or at least he seems to be saying much more about the murder. Although it is a little confusing, like, what the oil yeah. here? Who got melted? Who the hell are Billy and Matthew? Yeah. So that well, seemed weird. Who, was the body Matthew something? The body was unidentified Latino oh, male. Oh, okay, okay. And again, could be Billy or like, Matthew. It could be Bill or Matthew, although Matthew, really, I don't know, not a common name in Cuba. Yikes. <laughs> Good thing well, they're in Florida. They're in Florida. <laughs> nice uh, try, sir. Excuse me, but that's what I'm exactly my point. He's Latino male. He's like the Cuban extraction yeah, in Florida, but, since a huge Cuban population there. Or his so fucking Matthew, grandpa's Cuban and he doesn't know how to speak Spanish. He was born there and his name yeah. Billy or Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one of his parents is okay. American. Okay. So, you're, right, you're right. You're right. It could be Billy. Right. He, he could be Billy or Matthew. You're right. <laughs> but, but, okay, but Billy through Matthew. So that would make him Matthew, wouldn't it? Yeah. In the hot boiling oil. Yeah. To confuse the police for the mystery they did to him. <laughs> I had to leave that part because that's the worst line. So, is it? Okay. Jack. Is, is it what? Murder, murderer taunting Boy, the police. Yes or no? One more goddamn question. That's what you're doing here. No. I'm going to go with no. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I think it's some other person just putting random notes. Yeah. Not an actual murderer. Maybe it's a game. <gasps> Carrie, you are the worst podcast partner ever because then that's twice you have ruined <laughs> the story <laughs> no it turns out it was not a murderer taunting oh. the police and there was no killer on the loose at least who was writing those notes 
But there was, or rather had been, a church-sponsored murder game <laughs> oh, the previous Lord. Halloween. Yes, church-sponsored. In fact, four Hialeah area churches had joined forces to conduct this kind of murder mystery game in where there's a fake murders and these cryptic poetic clues were, were left around the Hialeah area to be tracked down by other clues and then you could solve the fictitious murder yeah. by getting these clues. And you know what I out. would do? What? Prosecute them. Well, God, you're, you're mean. On the back, I <laughs> no. would write like yes. part of so-and-so <laughs> yes. church's yeah. Halloween, That's you know, scavenger hunt. Yeah. Exactly. So someone would think, oh, That's- shit. Who's Billy? They got murdered. Oh yeah. my god! They no, think no, they're he, running no. or whatever. They That's think true. they're running across the fucking they're got you know, a note from a murderer, and then they flip it over and they go, "Oh, it's just some dumb church." Oh, yeah, it's just the, the cornerstone church. Yes, sp- duh. Mystery game, especially in Florida, where I mean the odds are pretty solid that you're going to find a dead body near one of their nets. <laughs> exactly. Again, this is yeah. Florida. So it had apparently had rain that night. When the organizers had their murder mystery game, so that's why they put the notes in plastic baggies, sealed them up, and taped them to these places where people were, were again, going to find clues to look into those places and find these notes and so on. And they had not retrieved them afterward, again, because they don't want to go back out in the rain (laughs) because they're lazy, and go get the notes like they should have. So, but that that ex, but the rain is the reason they put them in the plastic baggies, which is the reason they're still in nice, good, readable shape. Uh, in early December, yeah, over a month later, when they found the notes next to the body, left that it turned out to be Colombian seaman, Fran- Francisco Gutierrez. Mm. He had been murdered in what authorities believe was a drug drug smuggling deal gone bad. His body, totally coincidentally, just happened to be dumped. Right next to the first note that was, ironically, stuck to the back of a no dumping, dumping sign. And oh, poor Francisco. I know. Well, Maybe. So anyway, that is our story of strange criminal coincidences in the world. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks, Dean. All of this is in the Netherlands and Colombia and South Africa and England and the United States and Flo- everywhere else. And Florida. And Florida. Especially Florida. Uh, that's it, Carrie. Tell them, please. Weirdworldpodcast at gmail.com and on Patreon and Facebook and Instagram and Weird World Pod on Twitter. That's good. Is that everything? That's everything. Okay. Thank you. You're shocked every time. I am shocked. That You're I good don't at forget that. something. Never have, never will. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Fuck me.